This is Bethel Temple Church's podcast. Here at Bethel Temple, our desire is to see people changed, delivered, and set free as they experience the light of Jesus. From wherever you are listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Amen. Amen. Listen, you're in for a treat. See, our speaker for this morning is none other than the First Lady of Bethel Temple Church. In the person of my wife, Lori Rich. She's been praying. God has given her a word. And she's going to bless your heart today. Listen, be in prayer. Sit attentively and hear God's word. Amen. this morning, but he's still a liar because the word of God will come forth. Happy Mother's Day to all of our beautiful mothers who are here on the parking lot and who are listening to us via live stream or Facebook Live. I am so honored to stand before you on this beautiful Mother's Day to share the word of God. I want to thank my pastor, Honey, who has given me this opportunity. I love you dearly and thank you so much. And as my husband already expressed, happy Mother's Day to my mom, Mary Melton. God bless you, I love you mom. And to my mom in love, Dolores Rick Spencer, who I'm sure is listening via live stream, my sisters and everybody who's had that motherly influence in my life. Being a mother is definitely not for the faint at heart, but I thank God that he gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, he increases strength. When I was growing up, for the most part, we had some positive role models on TV. We had mothers, if y'all remember, I know I'm dating myself, but if y'all remember, we had June Cleaver from Leave It to Beaver. We had Carol Brady from The Brady Bunch. We had Harriet Winslow from Family Matters, and I dare not forget Claire Huxtable from The Cosby Show. But today, who y'all got? It seems like the pool of role models has declined a little bit. Y'all are stuck with characters like Cersei Lannister from The Game of Thrones or Rainbow Johnston from Blackish. I guess it goes to show that we cannot get our model from role model of role role model of motherhood from the world. For that, we have to go to the Word of God. We can see from the beginning that God is a relational God, and throughout the Scriptures, it is very clear that the family is very important to Him. Psalm 127 and 1 tells us, unless the Lord builds the house, they that labor, labor in vain who build it. The word house in this particular verse comes from a Hebrew word called bayit, which means dwelling habitation. But it also has a figurative reference to family. In fact, the very success of our families depend upon the blessing of God. With that in mind, I am sure that you can all agree with me that mothers hold a very critical role in the family. Whether it's been by natural birth or birth from the heart, the real role of mothers, they are producers and they are nurturers of life. The very fact that God chose a mother 
to be the means for his son to come into this world bestows the highest honor on the role of motherhood that we can all celebrate today. Genesis 3 and 20 says this, and Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was a mother of all living. You know, I find that really interesting that there's no mention of Eve, of her name, until after she and Adam sinned. Eve was created by the hand of God in Genesis chapter 2. And there she was merely referred to as woman. I believe it wasn't until after they had sinned that Eve came to realize and understand her true identity. From the moment God created her, he knew who he created her to be. But Eve didn't know or it would not have been so easy for her to allow the enemy to deceive her. Yet, there she stood before her creator, the mother of all living, naked and ashamed. But you know, despite her failings, God had not changed his mind about Eve. He clothed her and he gave her a name. I believe that it was part of his plan for Adam to name her at that very moment. And it was as a reminder that God's blessing over them was still for them to be fruitful and to multiply. I also believe that that stands as a reminder to each one of us today on Mother's Day that God has not changed his mind about us either. We are indeed mothers created from the master's hand. That's what I want to talk to you about today. Mothers created from the master's hand. If you wouldn't mind, please turn with me to Colossians 1, verses 15 through 17. And I'm reading from the message translation. We look at this son and see the God who cannot be seen. We look at his son and see God's original purpose in everything created. For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, Rank after rank after rank of angels, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. He was there before any of it came into existence and holds it all together right up to this moment. For a brief background, the book of Colossians was written by the Apostle Paul during his first Roman imprisonment. We know this by the references he gives in Colossians chapter 4. But the purpose of this particular letter to the saints at Colossae was for Paul to address false teachings about the identity of Christ. Paul is warning the believers in Colossians 2 and 8 when he says, Be careful that no one takes you captive through philosophy or empty deceit based on human tradition, based on the elemental forces of the world, and not based on Christ. This is nothing new. From Bible days until now, the challenging argument is still the same. Is Jesus really who he says he is? And Paul confronts this argument head on and makes his case for Christ. He makes his argument for the deity of Christ in verse 15 when he lets us know that he is the very image of God. 
And not only that, he makes this argument that Jesus was a very significant part of the creation story because he was there from the beginning. John 1, 1 through 3 lets us know, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the, be in the beginning. All things were created through him, and apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. If you would indulge me for just a moment, and you know we hate neighborhood watch, but just to loosen you up a bit, if you're sitting beside somebody, whether it's in your car or whether it's in your living room, in your bedroom, wherever you're tuning in, if you would just look at them for a moment and say, he was there all the time. That sounds good. I hear you from your cars. That sounds good. But not only was Jesus there, in verse 16 of Colossians, it lets us know that he was there before any of it came into existence and holds it all together right up to this very moment. You know, even though mothers are producers of life, we have to know and believe that our Heavenly Father created designed and fashioned us for his purpose and for his glory through his son, Jesus Christ. Dear mothers, I want you to know that you were created right from the master's hand. And this morning, I want to leave you a couple of thoughts that will hopefully encourage you today and in the days to come. First, write this down. There is an argument for your existence. There is an argument for your existence. Just as it was with Christ, there will always be somebody who will try to devalue your authenticity or who will argue whether the existence of you really matters. That can come from people around you, but what's even worse than that, it can come from you. There are even times when our circumstances can suggest that we are not who God designed us to be or that he has changed his mind about his plan for us. A friend of mine posted something on Facebook the other day that I thought was very profound, and it said this, the truth is the truth, even if no one believes it, and a lie is still a lie, even if everybody believes it. That is a very profound statement, but I would like to spiritualize it just a little bit to add this. The truth of God's word is the truth, but in order for it to fully manifest itself in your life, you have got to believe it. Since there is an argument for our existence and the enemy, he never plays by the rules. We have to keep ourselves filled with the word of God so we can denounce and refute every lying argument that he sends our way. You know, when you really look at it, it matters little what others think. What matters is what God says about you and what we believe about what he says. And in order to know what he says, we've got to read what he says. Let me give you a few weapons to add to your arsenal. I know you have a few, but let me give you a few concerning what God has to say about you. We can look at Romans 11 and 29. When God chooses someone and graciously imparts gifts to him, they are never rescinded. Another version says the gifts and callings of God are without 
repentance. And then we could turn over to Psalm 139 and 16. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. That's what that's saying to me is even before I was formed in my mother's womb, every day that God had ordained for me, he had already written it out. Let's look over to Matthew 10 verses 29 through 31. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin and not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will? But the very hairs on your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore. You are of more value than many sparrows. Oh, my God. According to Psalm 19 and 9, the word of the Lord is true and it's righteous altogether. So we have to let the word of God be the solid foundation that we build every argument upon, not people's opinions, not our circumstances, not even what we think. Let the argument of your existence rest in the unshakable joy and peace that is found in the word of God. My second thought that I want to leave you with this morning We have to reconcile ourselves with the fact that there is purpose for our pain. There is purpose for our pain. Many times when we're in seasons of trials and pain, we have the tendency to think that we are being punished for something that we have done or for something that we haven't done. But, you know, our suffering is not always a result of the punitive judgment of God. The season that we're in may be bitter, but when we trust the fullness of God's character, it helps us to understand that the purpose of it is to make us better. The season may be bitter, but God wants to make us better. If God ordained it, then we have to believe that he's sovereign over it. And we have to believe that he's holding us together in it. In his timing, he will deliver us. Even if Satan has a hand in the season of pain that you're going through, we can take comfort in the fact that he's on a leash and he can only go so far. Why do we know that? Because God is holding the leash. He is the one that holds us in the palm of his hand. And Satan can't go but so far because God has him on that divine leash. You know, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is the story of Joseph. There is no doubt that Joseph was chosen by God. He was the favorite son of his earthly father. And at an early age, God even showed him a dream that really signified his calling. But Joseph's life took some dives and some turns that made it seem like that the Lord had changed his mind about him, but not so. Joseph was abandoned by his brothers. He was sold into slavery. He was falsely in prison. Yet the scriptures say that the Lord was with Joseph. When everything came to a head at the great reveal with his brothers, Joseph gives us a great revelation. Although he was fully aware of what got him to Egypt, but three times he told his brothers that it won't you. It was God. Joseph came to understand that there was a purpose for all of his pain. We can clearly see that in Genesis 41 and 52. 
after the birth of his second son. The verse says, and the name of the second he called Ephraim. For God has made me, like catch this, fruitful in the land of my affliction. Some of us are getting ready to give birth to an Ephraim. It is right in the middle of your affliction. That's because the Lord is causing us to give birth. Don't abort the process. Because if you abort the process, you're going to abort your Ephraim. If you abort the process, you're going to abort the fruit. If you abort the pain, you will abort the purpose. Remember, I told you that the pain is not to make us bitter, but it's to make us better. The purpose of the pain is to produce something in us. Let's look at Romans 5, 3 through 5 and see what it is to produce. But we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character and character, hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into us through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You know, when that season of pain comes to an end and we're holding that beautiful Ephraim in our arms, we can look the devil right in his eye, just like Joseph did in Genesis 50 and 20 and say, as for you, Mr. Devil, you meant evil against me. But I can boldly testify today that God meant every bit of it for my good. You know, I don't know what your story is today, but what I do know that God can write the most beautiful story out of your life. Yes, mothers, we're producers and we're nurturers of life, but our lives have purpose too because we were created directly from the master's hand. When Paul said that all things were created in him, he was talking about you and me. How are you going to defend the argument for your existence? Today, I encourage you to let your defense be founded in the word of God. Whatever your story is, there is a purpose for your pain. Don't abort the process too soon. Whenever you experience various trials, remember this. Allow the joy of the Lord to fill your heart, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. But you got to remember this part. Let the endurance do its complete work so that you might be mature and complete, lacking one thing. Father, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your word today. Thank you, O oh God, that the argument for our existence is found in your word, Lord Jesus. We can't trust in people, oh God, to let us know who we are, but we trust in your word because you have told us who we are to you. Father God, let us know, oh God, that even though we're walking through seasons of pain, help us to know, oh God, that there is a purpose for the pain. Lord, help us not to abort the process too soon, but help us to look forward to our Ephraims, Lord Jesus, that you are the one who makes us fruitful during our seasons of affliction. Father God, we just pray that today that if there's anyone under the sound of my voice, 
who does not know you as Lord and Savior, we pray right now that the conviction of the Holy Spirit will come upon their heart so they, they will ask, what must I do to be saved? Father God, we just thank you, O oh God, for mothers everywhere, O oh God, who may feel short, that, that they've fallen short, and who may feel small, O oh God. But Father God, I pray that they will let you will let them know that they mean the world to you and that you are designing our story because you hold us right in the palm of your hands. And we thank you, we praise you, we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, hallelujah. Thank you for listening. To connect with us, visit us at Bethelhampton.com and follow and like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this. Now go and be the light.